For today's top local news stories and more, visit the news tab at dailydodge.com. Brought to you by American Bank, Saputo Cheese, and Community Living Connections. It's 95.3 WBEV, your hometown station, as we get ready to speak with Dr. Burt Callahan as part of Orthopedic Radio. Dr. Callahan sees patients at the Agnesian Bone and Joint Health in Beaver Dam, located at 250 Corporate Drive, and the Fond du Lac Regional Clinic at Waupon Memorial Hospital. You can always visit agnesian.com or call 920-324-6802 in Waupon or 920-887-6650 in Beaver Dam. Dr. Callahan, it is such a pleasure to see you again. Well, thank you so much. It is great to be here. Are you, uh, are you ready for Thanksgiving? Uh, getting there, getting getting close, but uh, yeah, I'm mentally ready. I have to ask you, before we start uh, discussing orthopedic care and especially hip and knee replacement or any joint replacement, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? You know, I would have to say my favorite Thanksgiving food is probably the Callahan family cranberry salad. <gasps> cranberry salad. Yeah, it's the my grandmother's recipe. It's I mean, others probably do it too, but it has... You know, whole oranges, apples, mm. pecans, all just kind of thrown into the food processor and ground up. And oh. and it's just traditionally my family, everybody who's new to the family comes in, and all the children hate it. But then as we grow to be adults, then we become obsessed with it. Well, that sounds delicious. Maybe you can slip <laughs> me the secret recipe after the end of the show. <laughs> you bet. But it's been a couple of years, Dr. Callahan, since we've had a conversation about uh, the world of knee joint replacement among the most common elective surgeries in the United States. Uh, what have you seen in the last couple of years? Have there been any developments in the world of uh, joint replacement that we should be updated on? Yeah, there have been a, uh, some changes. You know, in some ways, I I tell people that the operation is is the same that it was in the when it started in the '60s for hips and the '70s for knees. But but it's at the same time very different. The materials are much better. I mean, the same basic operation is performed, but the materials are better. The surgical approaches have been refined better. And just even the preparation of the patient and prevention of complications is has been uh, improved, I think, over the, the last 10, 15 years. So on the, on the basic understanding of a joint replacement, what exactly are you doing? You're taking out the old joint and you're, you're actually replacing it. Well, it's yes, I think it's a, the, the fundamental problem is that the cartilage is worn. It's really not, not a bone problem. At mm-hmm. every joint, the surface that touches is a thin layer of cartilage. And so in a, it is a joint replacement, but it's probably more accurate to think of it as a resurfacing operation. Oh. So for example, a majority of patients when I talk to them about knee replacement have the concept that we kind of drastically cut off the end of the thigh bone and the top of the leg bone and that is not at all what happens. It's really we're really trimming off a very thin layer of the end where there was cartilage or should be cartilage and then putting a new surface on that is shaped like the previous bone. So it's kind of like a fresh coat of wax on a floor? Kind of. It's Maybe a new tread on a tire, if that was possible. Oh, okay. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's really just putting a new surface because the bone is it's the cartilage covering. The bone is not the issue. And I I know in this area there are a lot of hunters, and so hunters have certainly seen cartilage that white smooth covering on the end of, yeah. of bones in the joint, and that's what we replace. We're putting a new surface on. So is that the same as a as a total hip replacement? Are you still just resurfacing? Yes. Although it's a little confusing because in the hip world, there is a, 
a technique called hip resurfacing that is a little different, hmm. but in the as opposed to the standard hip replacement, but certainly in the in the knee replacement, a, it is a resurfacing operation and and really always has been. So when when it comes into the world of healthcare, often when something should be replaced or should be acted on is always a difficult question like dental work or if a disease is inflaming enough that you should get some treatment what are the signs that it is time to replace a joint that is acting up yeah that's a good question and i think people struggle with that but i i guess it come to me it comes down to it pain pain that is affecting activity waking people up from sleep because a lot of people have some arthritis i mean most people as we age we get some arthritis, but it's it's initially it's a minor pain, it's stiffness, it's um, and those that's really not necessarily the time to do something more drastic like hip replacement or knee replacement, but it eventually it it drives the drives the show. I mean, it's patients know when it's time. You know, you just can't go very long waking up every night because if something hurts, I mean, that just you just can't function very well that way, and or you can't. You can't stand for any length of time, or you can't walk with your husband or wife or family on, you know, with the dogs, because you just can't walk that far. It just hurts too much. Um, so if we're if we're taking a trip on a metaphorical step ladder and we're trying to treat this pain in our hip, would would a hip replacement be the last rung on the ladder? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a very good operation. It's time tested, but it clearly is the last step because there are there are risks that always come with it, and hmm. and so I really don't like to do that operation unless it, it is just the the remaining option. It's the only option to do. So the goal of a hip replacement is to to retain the mobility of the joint and eliminate pain. Uh, is, is that the primary benefit? First benefit is pain relief, pain for relief. sure. Okay. The, the mobility of it is it doesn't restore normal mobility, as in normal mobility compared to when you were 25. Mm. But most of the time, the patient that is having a hip replacement they've got terrible motion already because that's part of the arthritic arthritic process whether it's the knee or the hip the shoulder is the joint gets stiff so you get better motion than you had before the surgery but not normal in the context of when you were 25 so the, the hip joint that is the largest joint in the body right uh, and purely on size of the joint the knee is larger oh because the the hip has has the ball part which is about probably half to two-thirds the width of the knee if you think of the width of the knee at the it's the knee is a bigger joint itself but it, it is it is a ball it's a ball joint socket for the hip uh, right does that does that add to the recovery time how long does it take to recover from something like a total hip replacement I would between hip and knee I, the recovery time is this is similar okay. I tell people people especially people that are working and doing anything physical I tell them to tell the employer three months you know, that you're not, not not be at work, and that's because it just takes some time to heal and then get some strength recovery, but but full 100% as good as you ever get recovery. It takes a good year with both of them. So are there? I mean, we mentioned the total hip replacement. Are there different types of hip replacement surgery besides the total, or are there different variations of the total replacement? There's there are different variations. Of, of the total in in how you do the surgery the, the mm. how you get into the hip does that's probably the biggest difference today hip resurfacing that I mentioned earlier was popular about 10 years ago but there have um, been some problems that have arisen and that has become less popular 
today than it than it used to be. So the the techniques being applied now are going to cause less interference and less overall recovery time, probably. It's the uh, it's just different ways to skin the cat, the the in mm. how you get into the hip, and each each way has its advantages and disadvantages, and. Overall, there's not any long-term difference in recovery. That what is so you can you can do what is referred to as a posterior approach to the hip, where the surgery you kind of come into the hip from the back, and that's the traditional way that's been done. That's where people of my era we all learned to do it that way. The problem with that over time was that some people, not super common, but some people had trouble with it dislocating with the hip coming out. Mm-hmm. And it always came out the back because you disrupt that tissue. So the the two other ways all come into the hip from the front. And what has become uh, more popular is coming directly in the front. So the patient's flat on their back during the surgery, and you come right kind of uh, to, to the side, but kind of where your pocket is, your front pocket, and you go into the hip that way. And the proponents of that – feel like it's a quicker early recovery, which is somewhat debatable, but um, it's technically a little harder to do, but that has become a very popular way to do hip replacement. And who makes that final determination on how they're going to be entering the hip joint? The surgeon does, okay. I mean, because most surgeons just do it one way. And I think you really want to, you want to have the surgeon do it in the way that they have the most experience and they're most comfortable doing it. So if you, if you want to have a what's referred to as a direct anterior, which is from the front, then find a surgeon who does it that way. And there are, in our area, there are there are surgeons that do that. We're speaking with Dr. Callahan. He sees patients at Agnesian Bone and Joint Health in Beaver Dam, located at 250 Corporate Drive and the Fond du Lac Regional Clinic at Waupun Memorial Hospital. It's always exciting talking about the future of, uh, of medicine and where things are going. What about the future of uh, hip replacement? What sort of things are you seeing on the horizon? Well, probably the um, in in hip replacement, the materials have really uh, improved to reduce wear, and wear is what limits how long these things last. Um, on the knee side of things, the different techniques to get them aligned correctly, computer navigation is one. There's a lot of a big push for robotic assisted knee replacement, which are all both are techniques to try to get the the knee balanced well. In, in a knee, that's, it's more of an issue than it is in the hip to get the soft tissue tension balanced, to get the alignment right. Somewhat like if you um, get a, a front end alignment on your car to make your tires wear longer so you have yeah. even wear on the tires. It's the same type of thing in the knee. You want to have the weight distributed essentially in the middle of the knee and the, the tension on either side of the knee. You want balanced mm. and equal. Equal wear. Yeah. So I am just a traveler in the world of orthopedics, quite obviously. I'm I'm in radio. What exactly, when exactly, was the very first joint replacement? When when did that take place? Well, that's the the history is longer for the hip than it is the knee. Okay. And probably because the uh, arthritis was an issue, but fractures were more of an issue at the hip than the knee. And and it really dates back over 100 years where people were – Really? You know, there's descriptions of doing – hip replacements, and, and partly there was not as much arthritis because people didn't live as long, I'm sure it was part of mm. the issue. But but the problem, 
and then what were the materials? So there's different descriptions of using ivory and glass and stainless steel and iron and different uh, things like that. And so the materials have really been the, the biggest improvement to make this a, a, a viable wide, widespread technique. And the hip replacement, really the modern hip replacement, started in England in the early 60s by a guy named John Charnley. Sir John Charnley is considered the father of the modern hip replacement. And, and that then crossed the, crossed the pond to, the, to our side of the world in the same a few years later. So mid-60s in the United States, that was hip replacement was being done. And sort of a, towards the latter part of the 60s, knee replacement became common. And then early 70s shoulder replacement. So really, those all three of those techniques have been around for 50 years. So we've come a long way since the 60s, and I believe you, you mentioned. And please correct me if I'm wrong about this. Uh, it's a, about a three month recovery time for a knee and hip replacement. Right. How long would a patient need to stay inside the hospital before they could return home for recovery? Yes, and that has really changed in in even the latter part of my career in the last 10 years. Even 10 years ago, uh, people that had knee and hip replacement stayed three days in the hospital. In 2020 and 2021, a third of my patients went home the day of surgery. The day of? And virtually everyone else goes home the next day. And that's multifactorial on why that's taking place. But a big part of it is the, the anesthetic techniques and the different regional blocks or or anesthetic blocks that are used uh, control the pain so much better than it used to be. And so today, patients, a knee replacement was a bigger problem pain-wise than hip was typically. Hmm. Um, today, people don't have much pain the first 24 hours. And and if you if the first 24 hours are well controlled, the whole experience seems to be better. You just, you never, for most people, you don't peak like they used to. So the improved discharge time is probably a combination of better techniques and also a better understanding of the anesthesia used for the actual surgery. Correct. Yeah, and it was certainly in the last two years, you know, it was moving that direction, but then when COVID hit, you know, we, we, it was either get people out of the hospital or don't do their surgery because they, mm. the beds were being needed for COVID patients. So that kind of drove the, drove the show for a while, but the, but the, the anesthesia techniques really allowed that to be, be viable for people. So the, the surgery is, is one hurdle that someone comes over, they realize that it's time to replace it, they want to end the pain. But you mentioned the three-month recovery. That's, just, that's not just sitting around on your butt all day. You still have to actively recover and rehabilitate that hip. What is that process like? Yes, that's that's really critical. I mean, the and so we every patient gets up the afternoon of surgery, gets weight on their legs, and 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 walks walks in the hall the afternoon of surgery, and so it starts the day of surgery, and it really you've got to get motion and you've got to get strength, and the recovery sequence always seems to be pain motion strength. It 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 always goes in that order, and so early on you're managing pain and you're trying to get your motion, but it's hard to gain your motion if you're hurting. But as the pain gets better, then your motion gets better. But you really don't start recovering strength until you you recover fairly good motion. Mm -hmm. And strength is really what you need for function. 
so you can stand like you want to you can go up and down stairs so you can walk with your family to take a hike and not fatigue so strength is the ultimate goal but you've got to kind of get through those other phases first Dr. Callahan, when it comes to organ transplant, there's always that worry of the body rejecting the organ. Is there a similar worry when it comes to a total hip or knee replacement? Yeah, that's a good question. I get that question not infrequently. Um, and the answer, the short answer would be, it's really not an issue. The The metal and the plastic that's are used today are really inert as far as the body is concerned. There is some potential issue with allergic reaction, which is not really hmm. a true rejection in the case of a, an organ, but even that is really debated, and it's, it's not well understood. I, I think in the orthopedic circles, sometimes it is even dismissed as a non-issue. I don't, I don't think that's quite accurate, but many of the, the primary metal that's the culprit for most allergy is nickel, oh. and most of the implants do not have any nickel in them anymore. So that that's helps kind of eliminate that as a as an issue. So that might be one possible complication of that very rare reaction to nickel. Are, are there any more complications that may arise after the the surgery or in the rehabilitation period? Yes, the, probably the biggest one we worry about is infection. Mm. And I think at least in in our uh, area and our practice for 2023, I think one of the big pushes is going to be trying to get better about preparing people for the operation. It's referred to as perioperative risk mitigation, which Ooh. is a it's a big is a mouthful, but it really means trying to trying to improve what you can to reduce the risk of infection. And there's always some degree of risk, uh, but there are things that can that the patient can do ahead of time that we can do with with the the way we manage the antibiotics and the different treatments we use to try to reduce that risk. When, um, Dr. Callahan, when you get a patient that is really, they have a zest for life, they love exploring, they love doing things, they love being active, and that involves using their knees or hips, and they're trying to go through the rehabilitation, but they want to jump back into their activities, uh, what sort of activities can someone go into like three months after, and what sort of activities might have to be postponed or forgotten altogether? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, and in general, I would say the goal is to get you back to your life and getting and doing the things that you like to do and that you were doing before. I, I think it's not it's not wise to decide you want to run a marathon, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't run, but it's probably better to use biking or walking or swimming. I mean, they're mechanical devices. And so in, in a sense, they start wearing out the day you put them in. It's like a set of tires. And mm-hmm. so – you know, the more stress you put on them, the potentially, uh, the earlier they're going to wear out. But with today's materials, the the risk of them of a patient outliving their implants is getting growing smaller. I mean, they the wear is not as much of an issue. If you get the other things right, you get you restore your strength, you restore your motion, you um, and you're healthy. Otherwise, they're going to let you do walking swimming, snow skiing, biking. I mean, most activities that people want to do. And and I really, I tell people sometimes, and I don't, I think this is somewhat because I'm aging personally, but also what right. I do for a living is, you know, we're not getting better physically. And so most of these patients are 
my age, you know, early 60s or older. And, you know, our best physical years are, are the ones right now. And so to get people back, I mean, I, I love the patients who are, are that type of patient that you described, very motivated, very want to get back to and, and do life and, be, and get as much out of the time they have remaining because it's, you know, as you know, time goes quickly, and and it's uh, these these things. There's no point in doing it if if it's the goal is to sit around and watch television. Would uh, some activities like strength training or uh, yoga, where a lot of flexibility is involved, would would those be activities that might have to be throttled back after a hip replacement? Uh, well, after hip replacement, I'd be a little careful about the about yoga in the motion, and not mm. because hip replacements, no matter how you put them in, there's always a position where they may come out. Not an issue in the knee, but in the hip. So I think I think yoga is is very beneficial in many ways from the stretching, from the strengthening, and certainly some of that is okay. But I have told patients with hip replacement, the goal should not be to get as flexible as you can at that hip. Get as strong as you can. Get a reasonable amount of flexibility. Um, but the hip you can you can overdo. This has been the Orthopedic Show with Dr. Pert, Bert Callahan from Agnesian Bone and Joint Health in Beaver Dam. Uh, where can people find out more about you? How can they contact you? Well, probably either of the office numbers. And uh, I primarily see patients out of the Wapan Clinic, which is 324-6802. Or in uh, Beaver Dam, I'm here on Tuesdays. Uh, and uh, Luke Lencher is a PA that I work with who's here four days a week at the, at the new SSM Health building. That is 887-6650. So we're there five days a week. And then in, in Waupon, I am there. And Joe Heckenkamp, another PA that I've worked with for a long time, uh, sees patients out of the Waupon Clinic. And if you're feeling pain that is interrupting your life, your sleep, the things you enjoy doing in your knee or hip, it's probably time to get a replacement. Well, it's time to at least be evaluated and see what the – because other, other things, if a patient's a little younger, you could have a meniscus tear. You could have something aside from that. But but if it's preventing you from doing what you want to do, then your orthopedist is the uh, is a good stop. Well, Dr. Callahan, thank you so much for joining us today. And just, uh, just because I got a message a little bit earlier, that missing child was found uh, a little while ago. So – that is, uh, that is, that is good news. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. I appreciate pleasure being to here. see you. Dr. Callahan, you can visit agnesian.com or call 920-324-6802 in Waupun or 920-887-6650 in Beaver Dam. The following was a paid program. The views and opinions expressed are not those necessarily of WBEV, ESPN, nor Good Karma Brands.